Welcome everyone to the Special Education Inner Circle Podcast. I'm your host, Katherine Witcher, and today we have a special guest, Heather. Heather is a master IEP coach, but she's so much more, and I cannot wait for you guys to learn from her because she is in the trenches right now doing a whole lot of things. So um, Heather, welcome. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. I can't wait to talk about everything virtual. Yes, everything virtual. So we're going to talk about virtual teaching. We're going to talk about all the different things that you're doing. I'm watching you, you know, post on social media and share, which is so important so we can learn what other people are doing. We're also isolated. We're also kind of in our own tunnel vision. So, but let's get started with how did you end up at an IEP table? So I have been a special education teacher, um, primarily for self-contained classrooms um, in special education for the last seven years. Um, so I've been at the table, I've been at the angry table, I've been at the happy table, I've been at the crying table. Um, you know, IEP meetings are just so different depending on the student and the parents and all the emotions that come into being in an IEP table. Um, but I try to come from it from a teacher standpoint, as always, um, you know, what am I seeing and what kind of growth would I like to see for their child um, and be more of a support at the IEP table? I love that. And, you know, you said something really key there that I think a lot of people have um, given up on or are extremely frustrated with. And you said you want to see growth and you want to support in the growth uh, of a child and that that's possible right now inside of virtual learning. True. You're seeing that yourself with your own students, correct? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, I have a student that the parents thought that they wouldn't be able to navigate the computer by themselves. And this week, he's been sitting by himself. So just there's little gains along the way. Yeah, it's not an academic thing, but like learning how to navigate a computer is so important too. It's such a big deal. I mean, let's just face it. This whole shutdown, lockdown, all the things that have happened, it has really flipped some priorities in a good way. And a lot of times, you know, people are focused on all the negative things that have happened, but you know, we need to really look at the importance of navigating that computer and really making sure that we're maximizing the skills. Uh, so that is super important, but you're also doing some really cool things that are beyond just like the computer and computer screens. So I think let's start there because I think everybody's focused on like my child learning through the screen or how do I access my students through the screen? And it's all about the screen. So share some of the things that you're doing that are more multi-sensory to uh, that's through a screen, but it's not just about clicking a mouse. Yeah, for sure. So there's definitely a learning curve that was involved when I decided to be a virtual teacher. So I was like, everything has to go digitally. We're going to have it all on the um, computer for them to access. And the first week of school happened and I decided that's just not going to work. We know that's not going to work for these types of kids, these types of learners. Um, they need that hands-on approach. They need to feel, touch, smell, everything. Um, so I decided that we were going to do more paper pencil stuff starting off the year, see where kids' skills were. And then we brought in more of like hands-on activities. So science experiments. I'm doing a whole unit right now on doing chores because that's learning too, right? You make your bed every morning, you make yourself a snack. That's all part of your day as a normal person, right? Growing up in the world, you need to know how to do that. So that's really what I'm pushing a lot with my families is you don't have to be on the computer the entire day. If you would rather go and teach your kid how to wash dishes, that's a great skill. Like that's very much a life skill that they need to have too. And that's also learning. It's not just academics. And I think that's really what I try to drive is learning goes beyond academics. 
Absolutely. And it's so important for us to see that, you know, having this well-rounded education, which we were pushed into, Mm -hmm. and, you know, this was not a choice for most of us to, you know, just, you know, change up our entire learning environment. So we've been pushed into a certain situation, but we we can find those silver linings of really um, changing up the delivery and the expectation and the desired outcomes. And I love how you've been doing that in that multi-sensory kind of approach. But I have a, I have a quick question for you. Um, did you know all of your students that you're teaching right now? Did you know them prior to shutdowns? No. So you have new students that you're teaching that you're just getting to know because a lot of people listening to this are going to be like, well, that's great, but she sounds like she knows her students. Nope. So it's been a huge learning curve, you know, getting to know them virtually, but not seeing them in person. I think their personalities are finally starting to come out a little bit. Um, So I'm really getting to see what they think is funny, what their interests are, because that's huge. Like I can bring in their interests. Let's talk about Legos. You want to count Legos? We can count Legos. Um, And the other part of it is I've really collaborated with my parents. Um, So I've really dug them in with what I'm doing um, and said, hey, this is coming up. What can I do? Where do you think your kid is at? Because they've been home with them since March too. So I feel like that collaboration and that partnership is really what's been driving to get to know my students faster than I normally would. I would say it usually takes me a couple months in the classroom just because I work with nonverbal students. I work with some verbal students. Um, they may be lying. You know, we're trying to figure out as the school year goes. But then we try to, you know, bring in that parents and say, hey, what do they like? Do they really have a dog? I don't even know. So now I can see that they have a dog too. So that's the other fun part about being at home is that you get to see everything that's going on around them. I love that. So you're talking about parent and school collaboration, which has, again, hit a whole new level of complication and Mm -hmm. doors opening, yet not really knowing how to walk through them almost. Like the door is there, like it's ready, like we can collaborate. Um, So let's talk about some basic collaboration that has to happen, like mandatory, at least in my world and our world as master IP coaches, as teachers, as parents, data collection. How are you doing data collection right now. Um, Is it all you? Are parents helping you out? What's going on? Um, So I want to take a step back from that even um, because there's an expectation that comes with virtual learning, right? And I have my own expectation for what I think this virtual platform is going to look like and then the parents. So what I did was I talked with them prior to school really getting in the first couple weeks or so, like, what is your expectation? Do you want huge gains this year? Are we going to master a new skill? Or is it okay if we maintain, you know, where are you at? Of course, we're going to keep trying to make progress. Don't get me wrong. Um, But where is that drive? Is it, this is going to be exactly like in person or just where were they at was kind of what I was at. And then for data collection, um, I've been working with it digitally because of course I'm I'm here digitally. Um, But When I work with students one-on-one or in a small group or in whole group, um, I make sure I really hit their goals using a Google form. So I've created a Google form that says, this student will be able to answer a WH question with one prompt um, or whatever the goal is. And then that way I can quickly take the data. Um, I have it all written down what their goals are so I can make sure I truly track it. Um, But I'm working mostly what I see 
um, but also going off of what parents are seeing and what's going on at home. Um, so the kid may be doing addition on a piece of paper that I might not see them actually doing the work, but then the parents can show me a picture of it. Um, so they are totally a part of the process too. It's not just me. So let's break down that for a second because some of these things like, okay, so they're going to share a picture with you. But mm -hmm. How do they share it with you? So I'm using Google Classroom. Um, okay. So they can upload a photo there. They can email me. There's multiple ways um, that they can get that to me. Or just even if they show it on the screen, you can pick it up and show it on the screen. And then I okay, can I want everybody to hear that. Like everybody's freaking out over like, I couldn't get into Google Classroom to upload. Mm -hmm. And like you're hearing straight from a teacher right now who's like, just show it to me on the screen. Yeah. Like it's okay. So like stop freaking out over the, the tech, you know, kind of side of things. And like, let's just make it work. Right. For sure. So, okay. so we've got, um, we've talked about some multi-sensory kind of hands-on, even doing some paper pencil kind of things. I know you're doing some science experiments and that you're taking data. And then um, we actually didn't talk about that. I was going to bring this up, but I am because right before we jumped on here together, um, I saw a lot of people talking about that. They had no idea what boom cards were. And I know that <laughs> for those of you that are listening and not watching, okay. So if, if you're listening to this and you're a visual person, you're going to want to hop onto YouTube where, or just head over to the blog, um, katherinewitcher.com. You'll see blog and you'll, you'll see all the podcasts are there on uh, video also uh, with that. But yeah, they had no idea. And this was not just parents that did not know what boom cards were. I'm talking a significant amount of teachers in a very, very large like kind of open source Facebook group had zero idea what a boom card was. And when I found out what a boom card was, and I'm not in the classroom, but I would say, you know, what a three, four, five months ago, I, I was like, Oh, what are these things? Like, they look really cool. I was like, Oh my goodness. Like I, I want those for yeah. my high schoolers right now. So, okay. So that's a, that's a big lead up for boom cards. Oh but my God. What is a boom card and how are you using them? Okay, they're going to change your world. Um, teachers, parents, everybody. Um, so they are interactive flashcards, basically. Um, so you can have a picture, a word, a definition, and there are options for answers. And you can click it, and it'll tell you if you're right or wrong, which is the best part. So it's immediate feedback. The kid knows if they got it right or wrong. And then it has them keep doing it until they get it right but it also tracks data. Ah! I know. I was like, when I saw what it was doing, I was like, are you kidding me? Like, why was I a special ed teacher 20 <clears throat> some years ago? Because I, boom cards are like, I would have been like, that would have been the thing in my classroom that everybody would have wanted to do. Oh, they yeah. wouldn't have even wanted to sit and, you know, like work with us. They would have been like, no, I want to do boom cards, but it takes data for you and you can customize them to mm -hmm. like, you can, First of all, they're cheap. Let's just talk oh, about yeah. it. So they're cheap. You can use, I know you can use them on the iPad. Can you use them on any other format or is yeah, it just computer, phone? There's an app if you have it on a phone, like, so you can take them to go. You got 10 minutes in the car with your kid. You go do a boom card set. Boop. Data tracked. Work being done on the go. Like, Okay. So let's just, okay. So people are going to be freaking out about that. So um, let me make sure that they know. First of all, in the show notes, I will have direct links on how to get a hold of Heather. So you can contact her directly. If you're um, looking to like, you're like, I, I can't find her. Just go to myiepcoach.com. She is a master IEP coach. Don't even look for her name on there. There's a form that says, 
I need to talk to a master IP coach and say, I need to talk to Heather. I heard on the podcast, I need to talk to Heather. We will make sure that you get in touch with Heather. We do that for our master IP coach community because you are full of value and I wanna make sure everybody can reach you. And if some of you guys are hearing this and you're like, what's a master IEP coach? You need to head over to masteriepcoach.com and check it out because we are parents, teachers, admins, therapists who are changing special education in a collaborative way like you have never imagined. It's amazing. Um, so we're super excited to continue to grow our Master IP Coach community with educators like Heather who are doing cool things like boom cards and virtual learning and making all this stuff work. Um, can you tell me right now, what is the most fun about virtual learning? We're hearing all the downside everywhere. But what is the most thing that you're like, you know what, this is okay. Like, this is actually like, like, I look forward to this in the day. Um, I would say there's two things that I really do enjoy every day. A, it's working with parents more closely. I, I love that I can have more of that partnership. It's an instant connection because they're there, they've logged their kid in, they've left the room, whatever. Um, and I can just have that immediate feedback, that immediate conversation with them about something small. You know, hey, they have a doctor's appointment in an hour, they won't be on. Okay, great. Thanks. And rather than an email or a phone call, it just takes an extra step. I just love that they're right there. Um, or if they're not, I can go, hey, come on over, <laughs> which is the best <laughs> part too. Um, and then the second part is I just feel like kids are showing more of their interests in their likes because they're sitting there in their bedroom or they're in the living room and here's my dog. Um, so I'm getting to see more of the kids' personality, the kids' engagement with the world that they are so used to being at home. Um, so I feel like those two components is really what is keeping me alive right now. And I like, I love teaching because I get those two components. Oh my goodness. Your passion makes me smile. Um, just, uh, you can just tell, like, you know, when a special ed teacher is cut out to do what they're doing. I mean, you can just see it all over your face and hear it in your voice. I love it. Love it. Love it. Okay. So what are you most looking forward to when you get back into the classroom? I would say it's still continuing those relationships. Um, you know, I just, I would love to hug a kid if I could. You know? <laughs> thumbs it up right there. A high five, even, you know, I don't have to give a hug. We're in middle school. I usually don't give hugs, but like a high five, a fist bump. Like I, I know we still probably still can't do that right now with COVID, but, right. <laughs> but everything just like, I just miss that interaction, that face-to-face -face where I can do hands-on um, activities with them right there um, and we can get dirty. That's <laughs> kind of yeah. what I like, you know. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I had like the messiest classroom and I don't mean disorganized. I no. just mean like I was the one that I was just like, what? We're going to like make mud today. Okay. That's cool. We'll figure it out. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Love that piece. So, okay. So we're going to leave everybody with a piece of advice. It's something that I say often, you posted it out on social. It's something that I really want parents and teachers to hear right now. Do you know which quote I'm talking about? Oh, for sure. I definitely do. Okay. So you, you go for it. What, what does every parent and teacher need to hear right now? So I would say do not do something for your child or student that they can do for themselves. I'm going to say it again. Don't do something for your child or your students that they can do for themselves. So I heard that for the first time, not as a teacher. I actually heard it as a mom. And I walked into um, Montessori school. 
taken my daughters. And that's something that Maria Montessori used to say. Mm -hmm. And um, it was, it said basically like it was more blunt the way that she put it. She was like, basically, if you do something for a child that they can do for themselves, it's an insult. And I was like, what the heck? That's it. I'm insulting my child because I want to help them tie their shoes. Mm -hmm. So that's something that <laughs> I'm like pointing to Heather. I'm like, you go. I have people in my throat. You go now. You take it there. So give some examples of things that maybe you've seen parents stepping in and they could step back or mm -hmm. with teachers too. For sure. So I'm going to come at it from a teacher approach first. I usually tell my assistants to work themselves out of a job. So what? They're like, wait, I need this job. Why would I walk my work myself out of a job? But that's, they're supporting the students there. They need to pull back and just kind of stand and watch because coming from a parent standpoint now, if you are in a hurry and you're, okay, let's put your shoes on and zip your coat and you're just teaching the child, A, I get it, it's easier, totally. Totally easier if you just do it, right? But you're teaching the child that you do it better than they do so that they feel almost helpless. I don't want to say like completely, but uh, in school we call it learned helplessness is that so many people have done it before them and done it for them that they're like, well, I don't need to do it. Um, so and I'm not good enough. Like I'm my not good, enough. good enough, like, exactly. you know, mom or, you know, Hey, to my, to my paraprofessional who's become my buddy right in the mm -hmm. classroom or to the teacher that I know I can like, Hey, like you do this so much better than me because we've picked it up for them in times where we have to go quickly or we just need to get it done, whatever that is. Oh, yeah. And when I saw you post that, I was like, Oh my goodness, this, this is what parents need to know. It's okay that it's not done perfect and that it takes longer. And maybe you didn't get as much done, but if they did it themselves or with less help than the last time, just yeah. a little bit less help than for the sure. last time, that can be a huge deal. So I love that lesson. So um, Heather, we will make sure, and wait, let's do this. You have boom cards that you yeah. have made for other teachers and parents that they can purchase, right? Let's for let's sure. just wrap this around just a little bit here. Oh yeah, and I have a blog all about boom cards. I love boom cards. You need to get on the boom card train. Okay, so go follow Heather on social media. She's at full sped ahead. Again, I'll put all the links um, up there. Um, go find her boom cards that she's making for her students that she has available for you guys to use at home um, and in your classrooms and all the things um, for that. And then I want you to head over to masteriepcoach.com so you can see what we really are doing behind the scenes to bring IEP teams together. Um, can you just share a little bit, Heather? I know that you wrote, um, you've taken on some different type of leadership roles since going through the Master IP Coach mentorship and just kind of, um, you know, looking at IEPs in a different way through that. Can you share a little bit about what else you're doing outside of the classroom? Yeah. Um, so I was asked for my district to um, help mentor some new teachers for the IEPs, running an IEP meeting, because as intimidating as it is for parents, it's also very intimidating for teachers to make sure that we're doing it appropriately and um, everything gets covered. Um, so I'm doing that a little bit on the side. Um, I'm also going to start a teacher mentorship program. So I'm pretty excited about that. Um, so that should be coming out next summer. 
I'm so excited because we live in a totally different world as a special education teacher who, you know, we have our own um, struggles and our own needs of having a self-contained classroom and making sure that we're serving to the highest level possible. So all the teachers that connect with you there are going to be so blessed just to have you and, you know, as their leader and making, um, I, it's more than just making the most of the classroom. It's making the best of the classroom mm -hmm. and helping everybody reach their potential. So I'm excited to see all of those things up and coming for you. So thank you for being here today. Of course. Thanks for having me. All right, everyone. So head on over to masteripcoach.com. You can find Heather at the links below or at myipcoach.com. And we'll see you guys next time.